You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Bonjour. Bonjour. I'm not going to start singing the thing how again. Is, how is we my did pronunciation that there? I felt weak. Since I'm not French, I probably couldn't comment to that precisely, but I, I thought it was pretty it. good. Okay. You know, bonjour. There are only a few you words. You give it the kind of... Frisson. Frisson? Yeah. That's... Um, Croissant. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? No, I don't. I think we've actually had this conversation, but I probably... The first time I explained it, I probably didn't say it with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I looked it up years later. I'm like, how do you really say this? It's like a... Um, like a physical manifestation, like a like a shiver that you experience, like a shiver of energy when experiencing oh. something, when experiencing like delight or excitement. Ah, it's just like made manifest. A forçant. Yeah, it's invigorating. It is. Ah. It has long been something I experience in particular situations. I'm like that's fun, and also I like I having feel a like word a freak, for it. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Otherwise, it just looks like I have an issue. Oh. Like, are you okay? Have you been doing something? <laughs> No, 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 just enjoy. I understand the that. I have had the frisson before. Am I saying that right? Frisson? Yes. F R I S S O N. Frisson. Yeah, frisson. Frisson. Something like that. That would be correct. Yeah, that's I what it is. I just checked. Yeah. I like it when you have a word in a foreign language that puts language to a thing or a concept or an idea <laughs> yeah. or a feeling that you don't have in English. Like yes. Zenzucht, which we've done a whole episode on. Oh, the German right. word Zenzucht. Love that word. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're now interested in what that means, just go back and find that episode, buddy. Good luck spelling it. S-E-N Zen S-U-C-H-T, I'm pretty sure. Oh wow. Yeah. That was impressive. <laughs> I think. Oh, I could be really uh, wrong though. If we're really if we're lucky on top of things, we'll, we'll that'll be in the show notes or something. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, EJ. Right. <laughs> Thank you, EJ, for later inserting that. That's right. Um, I always say that. Check it out in the show notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I get annoyed though if sometimes actually no. The most common time this happens is when I'm watching a YouTube video. So I'm really into oh, theology yes. YouTube. Oh, okay. Theology yeah. and philosophy YouTube, yeah. which is a very Believe it or not, like that's a prospering side of YouTube, as it turns out. Dang, I thought was, I'm stuck in the podcast realm. Yeah, but they will say like, "I'll have this down in the notes, like a link to this video or this book," and I'll go down and be like, mm. Mm, "No link, bro." I know. No link. <laughs> it's crushing. And then I'm tempted to leave a comment, like, "Bro, where's the link, bro?" <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but I never do. I never do. Probably for the best. Yeah, it probably is for the best. So. <laughs> Anyway, you yeah. can play it lightly like, hey, does anyone, did anyone find that? <laughs> yeah, do like the, the subtle wink and nod, you know, like wink, oh, nod. Sounded really good. I like the way he talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Where really is it? <laughs> <sighs> well, anyway, yeah, so you're doing well. Uh, yeah, well, it's a Bonjour. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, How about cool. you? How about you? I am. I'm great. I, um, I had stars expiring at Starbucks. Apparently yeah. that's a thing when you have a Starbucks app, the account, as it were, and you get stars, rewards for your drinks. Apparently, those stars expire after a certain time. So yeah. I got a notification saying, hey, if you don't use your stars by such and such a date, they'll just expire. And I have enough for free coffee. So I thought, well, today's a day for free coffee. So I've got myself a venti latte today. Very nice. Any flavor? Yeah, chestnut praline. Oh, yeah. that's what a good choice. Yep. It's, it's, it is delicious. It's awesome. And giving me the little, little extra energy boost, you know? So anyway. I'm doing well right now. That's good. Got my coffee going. Here for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you got your coffee. We're, <laughs> we're ready. Yeah. We're ready. Because we're going to dig in deep. We're going to yeah, we, start to dig in deep anyway. We'll it's put interesting. It that way. It's interesting. I'm I'm eagerly curious. Is that, can I say that? that eagerly flow. curious? No, I'm no, both that works. and curious. <laughs> I'm both of these things. <laughs> yes. And the reason Ethan is eager and curious and eagerly curious, even <laughs> if we might say that, is uh, because of what we're introducing you all to today. So every few years, 
the teaching ministry known as Ligonier conducts a state of theology survey in which they ask a broad group of people a wide range of theological questions mm. to the end of trying to determine the state of theology. Oh, wow. You know, what is it? What is what is the state of theology these days? You know, kind of like the state of the union or the state of the church, you know, those things, right. et cetera. Very, very cute. Very cute. <laughs> so normally, you know, the results are, are disappointing um, <laughs> to be, oh, no. yeah, just to be honest. And that's not because non-believers answer the questions unsatisfactorily. You know, one would expect that. And they do pool a field from non-believers. Like, they'll put questions to non-believers. Yeah, it's like, gonna get a temperature of, yeah, yeah. Like, I kinda, yeah, like, want Mormons or Jews to ask me. (gasps) I would like to answer theirs, too. Yeah, those questions, just so I can answer them. So, yeah, that's not the thing. The thing is, is that there are a lot of self-identified professing Christians who answer a lot of these questions in a way that is, you know, (laughs) I might put it mildly, in a way that, you know, it it gets into incorrect territory, you know, it it, it gets into incorrect territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, from what I know, which is not a lot about this, but from what I know, it feels like it is almost a rigged test, but in an unintentional way. And that's fair. I will come out and say, that's a very fair way to put it. But I mean, obviously they're curious and, you know, but I, I have in my mind anyway, that they are asking lay people questions that are very specific in their wording. And therefore have tremendously mm-hmm. far-reaching implications. Yes. Like, like, I think even questions that I might be tempted to answer very quickly, like, yes, absolutely, until I pause and think. It's like, oh, okay, what about, or, oh, what, what does that mean? Or, and it suddenly feels a lot trickier than it does. it does on the surface. And we will discover that as we go through some of these questions oh, and statements. Yeah. And part of the other benefit, I think, to it, too, on precisely the point you bring up yeah. is the benefit it has for teachers and pastors because oh, yeah. it reveals, I think, more than just, oh, hey, lay people might be tripped up by a question like this Mm -hmm. or a statement like this, which is completely fair. Instead, to turn the tables and say, now, if you were teaching and preaching in a really full, robust and proper way, more people would probably know what we mean when we use these terms according to historic Orthodox Christianity. Mm. So, like, when I'm reading these survey results, I'm not typically thinking, like, a bunch of dumb Christian, like, you know, <laughs> church, like, what the heck is wrong with people? Most of what I'm feeling is like, oh, man, like, apparently I am blowing it as a oh, wow. pastor teacher, huh. which is just another side of the dynamic. But we're going to get into a lot more of that as we go through each statement, yeah. because you're exactly right. There are some of these questions and statements. It's like, if you just take it at face value, can be very tricky. Yeah. And if you, as soon as you start thinking about it deeply, <laughs> exactly. you're going to start asking questions. Yeah. So all that is to say, I was reviewing the results <laughs> recently from the uh, 2022 survey, which was just released. It's been within the last couple months. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be helpful to go through a number of the top line items and uh, work through them systematically here on the podcast all to right. the very end that I just talked about. <laughs> so all God's people said, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> right? Oh, right. You're all saying I mean, that in your cars? I'm listening? saying it in my heart. Um, <laughs> no, you know, hopefully we can we can leave making a few less heretical mistakes. Yes, that's right. That's wouldn't, right. That, wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. Boy, would it. I My heart would rejoice. In the words of the Apostle John, my heart would rejoice to see people walking in the truth. So before we embark on this little adventure, in this episode, I thought we ought to briefly discuss why getting our theology right actually matters in the first place. Because it can be tempting, I think, to relegate some of these discussions to kind of just the realm of like, oh, this is just theological nitpicking. (laughs) Like you're getting into stuff that... I'm sure some people say that. Yeah. Like this is just speculative out there, ridiculous, you know, what does this matter? I feel don't, personally attacked. Yeah, like, don't we have something better to do with our time? <laughs> now, if you're a regular podcast listener, I doubt that's a big temptation <laughs> for you. I, I imagine you're not in that crowd. Yeah. Um, but even if that's the case, it's always good to know 
why we do what we do and why we care about what we care about. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you don't have to convince me to spend an endless amount of time on critical introspection. <laughs> That, that entire sentence is my middle name. Ethan, critical introspection bolt. That's right. That's at your service. At, at my service. At my Hopefully service. Hopefully it benefits you. <laughs> oh, yes. So um, to that end, we do often and rightly emphasize, as the book of James does, that we're not to be hearers of the word only, deceiving ourselves, but we're supposed to be doers of the word, right? Mm-hmm. But prior to the right kind of doing, we do, in fact, have to have the right kind of hearing. Okay. And that is what is at the heart of good theology. In fact, one of the things we are supposed to do is to meditate and think on God, (laughs) rightly, according to (laughs) scripture. I think, uh, side note, you know, people say, don't be a hearer, but a a doer. And I'm like, yes, but I think people limit doing to like actual like volitional acts. Mm -hmm. And part of the doing is, you know, when God says, exult, meditate, be silent before me, praise me. That's part of the doing we're supposed to, you know. Yeah, it, it seems like, in a, in a sad way, it like somehow seems less flashy to us or less impressive. Yeah. Like we're not accomplishing something, but it's, it's right. clearly absolutely essential. Yeah, just like with Mary and Martha. Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus yeah. and she got the one thing needful while Martha was busying herself with service. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's what we're doing and that's what's at the heart of good theology. And the prophet Hosea actually really emphasizes this when he wrote that God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. Oh, my word. And he's talking about true knowledge of God, right? Like, yeah. not just knowledge in the abstract. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, if you don't know, you know, how the, you know, the cycles of nature work or yeah. something, or chemical reactions. Oh, yeah, like, okay. okay, I mean, that's good to know. I'm, I'm not denying that. But the knowledge he's talking about is right and true knowledge of the one true God. Mm. And if you don't have that, you perish. Not just eternally, but, like, the people of Israel he was prophesying to were just profligate. You know, they were just losing their minds. Their society was collapsing all around them. Mm. And of course, then the Assyrians carried them away into exile, which was a bad time. Ooh, fun. So yet all that going on. And then, of course, we read in places like John 17, 3, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So theology is about knowing the one true God as revealed in Christ by the Spirit through the scriptures and knowing what is true of him as well, Mm. which I think is a key preposition that we sometimes can miss. Oh, for sure. That's something I definitely, I don't think about enough. And I genuinely enjoy like all of the nerdy rabbit trail topics, like in like the way it colors your perception and and the way you move through life. I really, it should come as no surprise at this point. That's fun. That's fun to me. (laughs) I don't often think Oh, God's people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like that, one, <laughs> that one doesn't cross the radar too yeah, often. Like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sincerely sobering. It is. It is very sobering. So when we consider doctrines, dogmas, and theology, what we need to realize is that, as one catechism puts it, quote, we do not believe in formulae, but in those realities that they, the formulae, express, which faith allows us to touch. Mm. So in other words, the doctrines, dogmas, and theological expressions of Christendom function like handles that allow us to rightly grasp the reality of the Lord. Um, I've heard someone say it's like it's the way that like we get to hug Jesus, as it were. You know what I mean? And uh, or to use another image, uh, they're like the signposts that make sure we're actually walking on the right way toward the city of the king. So mm. very important. You know, you don't yeah. <laughs> you, you need to end up there like that. That is the one place that's going to be safe. Mm. So this it's all it's very important. Is it fair to say like these are our best attempts at understanding realities are more mm. profound than then our words can really capture, or maybe I'm just being indulgent with my word. No, you are not okay. being indulgent. Uh, that is something that 
both in scripture and in the great theological writings of church history, you will see over and over again. It's like Psalm 133, David, I think it's David who wrote that psalm, writes, there are things that are too high and wonderful for me. And God says in Deuteronomy, the revealed things belong to you, but the secret things belong to me. (laughs) Um, And then like the church fathers saying like, my mind cannot fully wrap itself around your infinity, but grant me clarity of mind and expression so that as close as I can get to you, I may express with what weakness I have the truth of your endless bounty and things like that. It's like, they'll say things like their theological writing. Okay. I'm getting off on a side trail here. I know, but it's so (laughs) amazing to read, reading that basically any writing before the 1700s, um, though there is some in, in, in the age past that, but theological academic heady writing it's all done in prayer. Like they're writing it and then it's like, they'll they'll just stop like mid paragraph and be like, Oh Lord, like (laughs) I'm about to speak about things that (laughs) human eye cannot see. And you know, human tongue cannot tell like, please guard me from error. Keep me from sin and grant my readers (laughs) charity and all like all these things. Because as I think it was CS Lewis who said like, yeah, like the problem is not that our words are too strong it's they're too weak mm-hmm. like we just we can do it truly but we can't do it fully yeah oh that's a good way to put you it. you know what i mean so you're exactly right you're not being indulgent there it's like what we know is true but only god knows himself infinitely as he is in himself yeah so all that is to say then even with our weak language mm-hmm. it's important that we get it right maybe so much more important yes yes because when it comes to say first rank doctrines which we talked about i'm i'm, I'm like cross-referencing so many episodes now we've done so many but we did an episode on like the different kind of ranks of doctrine yeah. you can go find somewhere so like a first rank doctrine would be that jesus christ is true man and true god mm-hmm. like he's, he's got a truly divine nature and a truly human nature those first rank doctrines, like our souls are at stake with those. You know what I mean? For example, a Mormon will tell you they believe in Jesus Christ, just like we do. Mormons want to say we're Christians. Right. Like that's something literally they want to say, like we should be called Christians. But when they say they believe in Jesus Christ, they do not mean what we mean when we say that. Well, okay. They yeah. mean something completely different. So like when we say that we believe in Jesus Christ, we mean according to like the Athanasian Creed and the Nicene Creed, that he is true God of true God who was made incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and made man, both and, right? He's like true God, true man. Yeah. Okay, we mean that. We have very clear, (laughs) uh, as clear as it can be, and defined language about that. Right. I think that's an important thing is defined language. And uh, the Mormons do not agree with, if you told them, oh, that's what I mean by believing in Jesus Christ, they're like, no, I don't believe that. You can clearly see, okay, big difference there. Red alert, big honking red alert. And Mormons do not believe any of that. And since Jesus said that eternal life is found only in knowing him rightly, that means they do not have eternal life Mm. because they know that. They know that this is what the church Catholic, little c Catholic, the universal church has taught about Jesus Christ. It's what scripture, (laughs) when when Paul says in Romans 9 and 5, from them is descended the Christ who is God, blessed over all. (laughs) It's kind of right there. And they're like, no, no, we just, we we don't (laughs) don't believe that. It's like, okay, you know that, you read that, and you're just saying we reject it. Right. That's on you. And, um, that's heavy. That is. You that know? Is, um, there was not an upswing to that example. No, no. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Here to bring us all down. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, so that's all to say, uh, doing theology rightly is not about abstract speculation meant only for pie-in-the-sky thinkers, you know, for sure. philosophers in their high towers. Which, boy, is still pretty fun. I mean, yeah, it is. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it sure is. But this matters a great deal to all of us because our eternal life is at stake. And not to mention that when we are speaking and thinking about the creator of the whole universe and the king of kings and the lord of lords, we want to speak and think about him rightly just as we would with anyone we revered and loved, Mm -hmm. right? I absolutely love how you said that. Yeah, like if I revere and love you, Mm -hmm. I want to think about you and speak about you truly and rightly. I don't want to misrepresent you Mm -hmm. to someone else. And I don't want to think about you in ways that are unbecoming to you and not aligned with truth. And how much more with uh, the savior of the world, the Lord who is the terror of Satan and hell and the great joy of all who believe in him. Like, oh yeah, like I want to think about him rightly. Mm. Because I love him. The record should state that the feeling is mutual. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's always like, maybe Ethan doesn't reciprocate. (laughs) So yeah, so all that is to say, we'll be tackling some of these state of theology items in the hopes of disciplining our speech and thought in accordance with God's word so that we may have eternal and abundant life so that we might, uh, well, as the Apostle John would write, I write these things to you so that his joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Hmm. You know, that's what we're here for. I'm here for your joy. Yeah. Here for your joy. So, yeah, going to be exciting stuff. So thanks as always for listening. And if you have any theological questions or other inquiries of did basically you, any kind. Did you fail the Ligonier test? <laughs> write us. If you, if you felt personally assaulted <laughs> by that. You can let us know by emailing us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or interacting with us on social media. And hey, you know what? If you want to spread the word, share mm. with a friend, leave an honest five-star review in that yeah. Apple podcast platform, be great. You it know, if you want to put in a theological statement about our, you know, <laughs> whether you think we're orthodox or not, you can. You can. You're welcome to do it. You throw really that are. right in there, you know, and we'll, and we'll go in and indicate whether or not we <laughs> disagree, strongly disagree, etc. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what we'll do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah. There you have it. Well, hey, thanks as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.